Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And 1 Thessalonians 2, uh, really 2 to 4, pretty pretty straightforward. 4 gets to complicate with the end time stuff. But, but pretty straightforward in that we see uh, Paul uh, encouraging them uh, to, to maintain the faith, to grow in holiness, and then um, to persevere through suffering and, and explaining why uh, he has not been able to to visit with them. He starts here in verse 1, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we have boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. And I just want to pause there for a minute consider what it is Paul is saying here. Paul is saying is that suffering uh, was not an excuse for them to take time off from, from fulfilling their calling or to, to quit. Um, so, so he says, we, we may have suffered at Philippi, but that was no excuse from us to, to speak just as boldly for you. So Paul says, look, is speaking boldly for, you, for, for, for Christ in Philippi led to conflict and suffering? That does not mean we have to um, um, uh, water down the message when we come to Thessalonica. Uh, and that's an important message for American evangelicals to hear. What American evangelicals have been doing for several decades is we wanted the world to like us, and so we softened the rough edges, thinking that if we do that, the world will like us. Um, when I was in uh, high school, and even a little bit in college, I believed with all my heart that if the world would like our music, <laughs> they would like us. Right? So, so I was uh, uh, made a living selling Christian music and, and, and other stuff, and um, went to all the concerts, invested in and promoting and all that sort of stuff and, and the assumption is is that if you can get the world to like you then they'll like the gospel and Paul says no uh, your, your job is simply to proclaim the gospel as is you you don't need to uh, change the message you don't need to water it down you don't need to skip over some of it proclaim the gospel as is it's not a license to to be a jerk um, or or to try to push people away but it is an encouragement to be faithful to the message. The message is what saves people uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, um, not necessarily um, how we, we may present it. Again, how we present it is important, be winsome and all that, but what matters most is, is the message itself. Verse 5, Paul, in fact, says, We never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed at God is witness. This is similar to what he says in First and Second Corinthians, where he says, Look, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I'm not gifted in that way. I came simply proclaiming the cross of Christ. And Paul's saying the same thing here. Uh, we, we, we didn't come with, with fancy words and manip manipulative power. Rather, we came simply saying, Repent and believe the gospel. Um, and, and that is what has led to the salvation of so many souls. What encouragement that is. Uh, many people don't share the gospel because they're afraid. They're afraid they'll fail. They're afraid they'll be rejected. They're afraid that they'll, they'll um, say something wrong. Uh, they're afraid that they're not articulate enough. But what matters is faithfully sharing the gospel. Leave everything else with Jesus. I think Jesus can overcome your weaknesses. And he can overcome your fears. Um, but given the state of our nation, our world, uh, we need the gospel. The world needs the gospel. Uh, over 80% of Kentucky is lost. That is thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who are lost. What are we doing about it? Um, faithfully proclaim 
uh, regards to the cause. Verse 13, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffer the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Now, there's, there's, uh, this is a significant passage for a number of reasons. One, just what it says in general. Uh, but also, it helps us think about a theology of the Bible. Notice what he says here. Um, you received the word of God, which you received from us. Notice Paul is saying here, the words of the apostles is the word of God, right? So the apostles speak revelation, which is why it is very um, important we develop a theology of apostles and not just accept anyone who claimed to be an apostles. Um, prior to coming to East Frankfurt, um, I was I'm still on LinkedIn. I don't update it. I don't even know what's all on there now. Um, but uh, I was actively involved in LinkedIn. I accepted requests from really just about anybody. And it is amazing how many people named apostle wanted to connect with me. And I've met all kinds of people who claim to be apostles. No disrespect to them, but I'm not sure their words are the words of God. And so when Paul says, look, look, when we were writing under the authority of Christ, it is it's the words of God. And, and that helps us to understand our understanding of the Bible, right? That, that much of the New Testament, really all of the New Testament, is the words of God because they come from directly from an apostle or indirectly from an apostle. So Matthew being one of the disciples is an apostle. Mark has essentially given us the, the gospel of Peter in many ways. We've, I've talked about that in another context, so I don't want to chase that. Uh, Luke is, is influenced by, by Paul. John is, is an eyewitness, an apostle himself. Uh, and you can just go all the way through. What you have are those who are either apostles or associated with them. And so Paul is showing here uh, the early signs of, of a developing canon. He's saying, look, this is not just the mere words of men, but through men, it is also the words of God. And it works through you. And for you, brothers, became imitators of the church of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, for you suffered the same things from your countrymen as they did from the Jews. So the Gentile church suffered under the Gentiles. The Jewish church has suffered under uh, the Jews, which is, which is striking. Because the problem with tribalism is it spends all of its time telling who isn't welcome in, and who it is they need to kick out. And Paul says, look, the, the Jews is a sort of tribe, Samaritans have a sort of tribe, the Gentiles have a sort of tribe, and they spend all their time telling who can't come in, right? This is the He-Man, uh, what is it, the He-Man Woman Haters Club, right? Is that Alpha Alpha? Uh, and then also who they should kick out. So if you think women should come in your He-Man uh, Woman Haters Club, uh, you, you you're going to kick them out. They're not part of your tribe. We have that now. If you're part of a racial identity, but you don't vote a certain way, talk a certain way, think a certain way, believe a certain way, right? you're, you're not welcome here. If, if you're part of, of, of this political identity, yet you're open to other ideas, right? You, you, you may look the part, act the part, play the part, but you're not welcome here. right? And, and if Christians aren't careful, uh, we're on the brink of uh, a tribalism. Uh, how many of us think that if you don't dress like we do or act like we do or have a family like we do or, or, or a career like we do or a vote as we do? And so we spend all of our time just finding not, not just who, who, who ain't one of us, but who we should kick out from, from, from among us. 
right? And so the Jews are persecuting Jews. The Gentiles are persecuting Gentiles. Why? Because they proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. So Paul is saying, look, you're not alone in your suffering. There are believers around the world right now who are suffering the same way as you. And this is the good news of the gospel, isn't it? That uh, people are suffering and people are going through the same things as you and we are all part of the family of God. You are never alone in the faith. He goes on to conclude verse 17, but since we were torn away from you brothers for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavor the more eagerly with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? You are our glory and joy. Uh, we'll say more about this tomorrow from, from chapter 3. Paul will develop this. He's going to send Timothy uh, because of this. But um, I really want to emphasize verse 19 and 20. Um, what is our, our, our joy and crown? Um, it is to see fellow believers uh, be discipled and grow in Christ. Uh, and I would say that that is the heart of every pastor and every minister. Uh, one of the things I, I love so much about my time as a youth minister is to see those young people um, as young adults, um, married, uh, kids, careers, lives, still loving Jesus. There really isn't anything better in, in ministry than that. Well, I hope to see you guys here tomorrow.